Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We are glad to be back and recording a podcast. It's been a while, Steve. It has. It's been quite a while, actually. Yeah, we've had a busy summer, a number of things going around in here, but we are, we're we're glad to be back, and we're actually going to be kind of kicking off a new series. Uh, recently, we are covering uh, some of the kingdom ethics topics that we are working out of, but uh, now um, we're kind of going to be moving into a series on suffering, which sounds... Very exciting. Oh, so exciting for the fall. Just, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It's necessary, though. Indeed. Yeah. yeah as we kind of contemplated, uh, what do we what do we need to talk about? What do we feel like God is up to kind of leading us to discuss? And there's just a lot going on mm-hmm. um, within the people of OCC um, and a lot of burdens, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of sickness, a lot of things happening that are just difficult. And mm-hmm. so we want to talk about suffering um and kind of wrap our minds around it, what it is, why we suffer, um, and then cover a few other topics as well. You want to share about some of those things we're going to be discussing? <clears throat> yeah, how to walk with people when they suffer. Probably one of the harder things to consider. I know that a lot of us want to grow in an area to walk with people as they're going through life and uh, having answers or just being present or learning how to do that. Uh, praying while suffering, which I'm sure you'll have a lot to speak into. Uh, who is God in our suffering? Because oftentimes we do question uh, where is God, who is God, what's happening with God in the midst of all this. And then <clears throat> kind of spending some time talking about the fact that God suffered and suffers along with us as well. And then also the fact that Jesus suffered the most for mm-hmm. us. And so that'll be, I think, a good time to kind of wrap our mind around uh, God's presence. So, yeah, those are some of the topics we'll be talking about, probably others as well. So if you have a topic within suffering like us to hit on, feel free to email us as well. Yeah, just uh, a quote that just came to mind um, is the fact that uh, suffering is normal and Jesus is good. That's one of my favorite preachers has said that recently, uh, that suffering is normal and Jesus is good. So suffering is something we experience, but God is God is good in the midst of our suffering because he's always good. Mm-hmm. And so kind of wrapping our minds around how does the Bible talk about suffering? Mm-hmm. How does the Bible address um, our pain? How does the Bible talk about how we can walk with one another? How does the Bible talk about God and his work in the midst of our suffering? So we're going to get into all kinds of uh, good stuff here that we hope and pray will be encouraging to you as you listen. Um, So one of the things that uh, is a good, I think a good exercise to kind of talk about as we open this up is the fact that suffering entered the world when sin entered the world. Mm -hmm. Suffering came into the world and Adam and Eve chose to sin, chose to eat of the tree that they were commanded not to eat of. And it is at that point, at that decisive moment in history where suffering entered into the human experience, the world, and all that comes with it. And so a lot of times um, that's a way to encapsulate why we suffer. Mm-hmm is that we just live in a fallen world. And we're going to talk more about that specifically later, but just to kind of like, we live in a Genesis three world and that's a, if we're going to say, why do we suffer? I think that's enough of an explanation. Right on. 
Yeah, I think also um, kind of get ahead of the game like I normally do, but thinking about the fact that when we're suffering, we oftentimes feel like we're the only ones going through it. Mm-hmm. So you pointing out this has been going on since Genesis 3 is a quick reminder as we get into this. Everyone suffers. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're right. not alone in this. And so uh, I think that's why this series will probably probably hit us all in some aspect of our lives, all of our lives, because it, it has been going on for a long time. Right. And so I guess as a cautionary word, as we're getting into this, there will probably be the temptation as you're hearing scripture or hearing thoughts or hearing scenarios even to think to yourself, oh, I'm the only one that deals with that. It's, I'm, it's hopeless. There's no hope in this. And just to kind of give a cautionary word to say, and an encouraging word to say, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. This is this is the narrative of life, unfortunately. Right. right? So just right. kind of as a buffer as we get into this series. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just like to, to piggyback off of that, the Bible doesn't ignore the fact that we Correct. will suffer. Yeah, it doesn't shy away. He promises it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's like, you're kind of like, oh, thanks. This is great. But the, the better part of it is, God assumes that we will experience pain mm-hmm. and he speaks directly to right. that experience and his presence with us in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And so suffering, you know, we, we encounter various types of suffering throughout our lives and that suffering also, I like how Paul Tripp says that you suffer the way you suffer. He talks about that in his book called suffering, which mm-hmm. is a great book, but how we handle it, how we process it, how we experience it. And God is not, uh, somehow unaware of that process mm-hmm. and whatever occurs in that process doesn't somehow make us bad Christians. Right. It's part of the experience mm-hmm. of life. So we want to kind of dive into a few different biblical narratives um, and talk about categories, I guess, of why we suffer mm-hmm. just to kind of start this conversation, because there's a lot of reasons the Bible might give as to why we're going through something that we're going through. And so we're going to look at three different categories today that we believe, uh, for the most part, encapsulate why we might go through the things that we do. So just to kind of name the three, <clears throat> the first one is we are suffering because we sinned. The second one is we are suffering because someone else sinned. And the third one, um, again, we said that we'd hit this again, we are suffering because we live in a fallen world. And some, so sometimes it's not tied to someone's direct action. Uh, direct domino effect to something we did or something someone else did. Sometimes these things just happen because we live in a world that is tainted by sin after the fall. So we're going to jump into Numbers 20, uh, verses 10 through 13. Uh, This category of why we suffer is we are suffering because we sinned. So Steve, you want to go ahead and take it with that narrative? Yeah, Numbers 10, or 20, 10 through 13. (laughs) Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? Question mark, not statement. <laughs> and Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord and through them he showed himself holy. So we have the uh, the picture of God being holy, and obviously in this moment Moses not so much. Uh, this doesn't seem like a really big deal, which is really interesting to me as well. The consequence sure see, feels like it's much larger than the action as well. Uh, but the the part of, of Moses um, kind of having a cyclical sin in this, of trying to do things uh, with his own might, versus uh, just simply obeying God and giving God glory and letting God have the last word per se. 
continues to come with consequence. So any thoughts you have on that passage as we kind of consider suffering because we sinned? Yeah, if you go back in the narrative just a little bit, <clears throat> the Lord's commandment to Moses was take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he took it into his own hands and he hid it. And so he did things in the way that God did not command. And in so doing, it caused a great deal of suffering for him and the people he was leading. Mm-hmm. And so this is where, like you said, it's directly correlated to um, somebody's actions, Moses's in this instance. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I know we had talked about this before uh, we recorded this, that sometimes uh, certain people categorize um, consequences differently. Some people would say, when you are experiencing consequences of your sin, that's not suffering. Uh, but we're kind of, we're just framing it as suffering because as you said before, it feels like mm-hmm, suffering. Right. So we're trying to get at why is what is happening happening to me um, and trying to answer those questions. So just to clarify, that's why we're categorizing this the way we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is like a, um, a continual thing that occurs within Israel and also Moses. Like you think about them also getting the promised land, the spies, and we talked about this in the past, you know, most of them say, don't go in. A couple say, go in. Uh, the two that said, don't, uh, that we should go in, end up paying the consequence of the sin of the others. And because they don't, they don't have faith. Um, and so that whole generation passes before they even get to go into the promised land. So this is a similar thing, like not only sometimes, um, well, the specific thing, I guess the specific part that we're looking at here is that we are suffering because of consequences of our sins, which should translate into our own lives as well. Uh, when you see somebody make a decision um, that is wrong or against God or hurts others and then have to pay the consequence of it is the reality of the fact that this is this is the fruit of what you've sowed. You know, this is the mm-hmm. what is what is showing up right now is because you've sown sin, therefore there are consequences. So sometimes suffering does occur in our own lives. So I guess the question becomes, what are some practical, or maybe not practical, but life situations where we see this most frequently uh, within our own current environments, where we sin, and then there's uh, immediate consequence. By the way, if you're listening in, we're not trying to tell your narrative. This is just the general narrative <laughs> of life. I just want to be really clear. About, hey, wait, I confess that to Steve, and here he is. No, uh-uh. no. nope. <laughs> Don't get away with that. Right. So, yeah, what are some practical life situations where we see this more, more frequently? Yeah, an example I uh, think of is that, um, say we tell a lie uh, to a spouse or a close friend or something like that. So you tell a lie and then it gets found out that you did tell a lie. In most circumstances, at that point, trust is going to be broken, Mm -hmm. which means there's going to be certain freedoms within that relationship that are no longer there. Uh, You're going to have to explain yourself in ways that you didn't have to before. You're going to have to go out of your way to try to mend that. And that broken trust is a consequence directly tied to your actions. Mm -hmm. You broke that trust. And so now you're having to deal with those consequences. Now we're still categorizing it kind of as a a form of something that feels like suffering, Mm -hmm. uh, a mourning of what once was, but it's directly tied to in this specific instance, your actions. So that's a, common example that comes to mind yeah, and it's interesting because i think we don't want to pull, point out other people's stuff because in their suffering because we don't want to deal with our own as well like if i ignore your 
your sin and consequences of suffering, then maybe I won't have to deal with mine. And so mm. it's almost like a lot of this stuff stays under the rug. By the way, when it comes to lying, your current lie is only as good as your capacity to remember your last one. Mm. And at some point, it does catch up with you, and then you do pay the consequence. Character, I mean, the truth of who you are comes out. So, yeah, I like that example specifically. Mm. Any other thoughts? I think it's just important to note on this one that this often is a category or, I guess, mode of suffering that is also been used to harm, like you're sick because Mm. you sinned or uh, God's not healing you because you don't have enough Mm. faith. Mm -hmm. Those are so unbiblical. Mm -hmm. If somebody has ever told anyone who's listening that, I'm sorry, that's wrong. That's not the heart of God. And so we just want to make that clear. Um, and that's why we use the example we did. Direct. I, yeah. Right. Yeah, I lied. Ahead. Trust was broken. Mm-hmm. I have to deal with the fallout. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I ended up with this illness and mm-hmm. I have to search my life and figure out why God's punishing me for it. That's not. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Which so, is why even the numbers example is specific as well. Moses was told exactly what to do. He didn't right. do it, you know, and there was consequence for that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Why don't we want a number two? Sure. Go Sounds ahead. Great. Yeah. Okay. So the second category is we are suffering because someone else sinned. Hmm. So first one, we suffering because we sinned. Now we're suffering because somebody else sinned. Uh, we're going to pick up in Genesis 37, starting in verse 12. This is a narrative of Joseph. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now his brothers went to the pasture of their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said to him, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring me word. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a man found him wandering in the field. The man asked him, What are you seeking? I'm seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. And the man said, They have gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them there. They saw from him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against mm-hmm. him to kill him. Here's where uh, this sin done to you starts to be plotted in the hearts of another person. Mm-hmm. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into the one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see that he has become we will see what will what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, hmm. throw him into the pit here in this wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. So when Joseph came, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty, and there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, with their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, Mm. and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. And then the narrative goes on, and they bring it back to their father and lie to him. And Mm -hmm. just a twisted narrative here, and what ends up happening to Joseph, you know, was kind of the rest of of Genesis goes on is he just suffers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He goes through all these things because— I mean, 
a lot of it has to do with the fact that his brothers were jealous of him and he was his fate, the favorite of his father. And so like, there's a, there's a lot of dynamics at play here Mm -hmm. and a lot of family dysfunction. Yeah. Um, but they, they sell him into slavery. I mean, that's, that's such an unloving thing to do. That's, that's sinful to do to your brother. Right. And then Joseph experiences, this is kind of the origin story of Mm -hmm. Joseph's suffering Mm -hmm. as it were, but what are your kind of thoughts on this? And just kind of like this back and forth dialogue of like, let's not hurt him this bad, but we'll do it this way. And yeah, I want to root for Reuben, like go Reuben, go Reuben, you know, but in the end, uh, you know, he had a good plan. He had a good plan, but there was suffering because he, in some format he'd sin because he didn't just stop it. Right. So there's even consequences there. Can you imagine Reuben, his own conscience at the end of this, knowing that he could have fully intervened and didn't, Mm -hmm. but he made this subplot plan and it did not play out, you know? And so his own guilt, uh, by almost sinning, by not interjecting himself, which I think I can relate to that more than anything out mm. of this whole narrative at times. It's not like I've yeah. sat around and gone, how can I get my brother dead? Or, you know, <laughs> how can I do this stuff? But I can relate to Reuben <laughs> going, you know, oh, how can I inter- interfere with this to make sure it doesn't happen this way? And then not fully, fully interfering. Mm-hmm. And then watching the consequence and then saying to myself, I wish I would have. You know, and so it's interesting because Joseph, yeah, pure hearted, doing his thing, loving his brothers, bringing them food, taking care of them. And here he's, you know, on the on the receiving end of slavery. Um, Mm -hmm. And then eventually we know the narrative that pans out. Um, But even this, this is a continual narrative of Joseph's life. And then God utilizes him, obviously, to bring um, his people to safety and and freedom and uh, to give them the capacity to live. So it's just awesome narrative. But yeah. Suffering because someone else sinned. Joseph is a, is a almost a typology mm-hmm. of Christ, you know. Right. You know. Right. It's a kind of the forerunner, a foreshadowing of who Jesus is. So I guess those are my initial thoughts. Like when I hear this story, I'm going, "Go, Reuben!" Like that's who I would have been, but it was, still wasn't enough because he didn't do the right thing. Right. Right. So yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I just I thinking about like Joseph is in the situation he's in for no wrongdoing of yeah. his own. Yeah, his heart was good. Right. And it's like, there's sometimes this happens Mm -hmm. where you are put in a spot, whether it's uh, like emotional suffering we experience, Mm -hmm. kind of mental suffering we experience, or even bodily, like, or just this like communal suffering we experience. Yeah. Character assassination happens to him later. Right. Right. So all these, no, no, that's, yeah. It's like all this stuff that happens was at the hand of somebody else. Mm -hmm. He didn't play a role in it. Like Mm -hmm. you said, his heart was good. And so, that is something we experience in this life. Mm-hmm. And so if this has happened to you, I think I think this is maybe one of the categories where we're most apt to feel, especially if you've grown up in the church, mm-hmm. like you're apt to feel guilt and shame about this. Mm. Cause you're like, I didn't do anything. Like, why am I allowing this to affect me so much? Or, mm-hmm. um, or you, you try to like fault find in yourself, mm-hmm. which is good to be like self-reflective and Absolutely. self-aware. Introspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, there comes a point where that's largely unhelpful mm-hmm. because, like, you did nothing to get yourself into this situation. And so um, instead of beating ourselves up a bunch that's unnecessary, we can grieve what's happened and, and seek to move towards some kind of reconciliation when possible. Yeah, So, which is that narrative towards the end, right? He had a choice of being bitter and vengeful or humble and uh, gifting, like, mm-hmm. and forgiving. And so that's what's beautiful about the narrative, like you're pointing out, is that we all have a choice on how we respond 
to somebody else's sin right. as well. Trusting God will there will be consequence and and praying that that person will turn around. Uh, but I also I can't I can't determine. We've talked about this. I can't determine their response, but I can re- I can determine mine. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And to watch Joseph, uh, he's suffering because someone else sins. He still determined his out outcomes, no matter if he's in jail, in slavery, or at the top of the ladder. He continued to keep his heart and mind in check, uh, trusting that God was in the midst of it. So that's the hardest work, I think. Yeah, is not becoming bitter and vengeful, but instead trusting the Lord. Uh, is at work and making sure that my heart doesn't become the very thing that that other person is in the midst of it as well. Right. You could easily do that and you can do it justly. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not careful, but watch your own heart, guard your own yeah. heart. Your thoughts. Yeah. Though I just think like Joseph, like if, if this is you, if we experience this and we're in a period of waiting or hoping, pr- praying for reconciliation, like ready your heart for mm-hmm. that. Right. And then you might just have to wait. For yes. the other person to come around, and they might not. There you go. You know, not the side of heaven, maybe. Right, yeah. but we still need to be right before God yep. and postured towards them. Yep. Uh, to towards reconciliation. Yeah, and we're gonna get into this later. I mean, <clears throat> Jesus suffered because we sinned, and so I'm looking forward to that one. I think mm-hmm. it's gonna be a good podcast. Just hang on to the series because yeah. there is hope in this that right. Jesus has has suffered and overcome. And so uh, you can share in with him. He shares with you. So I'm looking forward to jumping into that. So how about the third one? We're already at 20 minutes. Thanks for hanging in so far. Yeah, for sure. So third category is we are suffering because we live in a fallen world. So as we mentioned before, you don't, not all suffering can be directly tied to a mistake I made Mm -hmm. or a sin I committed or somebody else committed. And uh, you want to jump into John 9, 1 through 3 real quick? Yeah, Jesus says he was passing by, saw a man blind from birth. And Jesus' disciples ask him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? So there's the assumption, mm-hmm. right? That's normal assumption. They're in this position because they did something. Uh, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. So go. <laughs> Give me your thoughts. There's a lot of there thoughts yeah, within this. Again, we're not unpacking these all the way yet. Right, yeah. right. I mean, this this narrative, even as it goes on, is just so um, interesting and just so loaded. But uh, I think it's really, I think the question that the disciples ask is a question we probably always ask without, even if we don't acknowledge it, <clears throat> um, when we suffer. Who sinned, this man or his parents? Mm-hmm that he was born blind uh, who caused this because we uh, this is a point where yes we can state that we suffer because we live in a fallen world but there's some mystery here mm-hmm. um, and we're not always okay with mystery mm-hmm. and include the disciples were trying to uh, get out of it but they also asked the question that we all want to ask and so this man is uh, blind from birth and the question is is this a result of his sin or a result of his parents' sin? And the answer is neither. Mm-hmm. Jesus answered, it was not this man or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Because I have some other ones, but there's probably a little more we need to unpack here first. Well, I think there's a temptation in all of us when something does happen to want to figure it out. That's a natural response. And then I think the other part is, is we want to be able to cast blame. Mm. 
whether it's me or you, I want to be able to cast blame because then I can deal with it if I understand it. And so right. once I get it, then I can wrap my head around it and then I can change the scenario according accordingly or I can at least position myself to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when these things come up and there's way outside of our control, we don't, that's too much for us. Like I, don't want, I need control. I need to understand what's happening here. Uh, that's one one aspect. And I think the other, the other one is, is that um, if we have a tendency to lean towards shame and guilt mindset, mm. Um, we will naturally do that to ourselves as well, as you mentioned before. And so there's, there's just, he may have been living this way for all we know, because mm-hmm. in, in the close culturally, that was the understanding was something bad's happening to you. Right. Because it's like a karma thing almost. Um, and so he, he would been living underneath that umbrella of shame for quite mm-hmm. a while, or mm-hmm. that cloud of shame rather is a better way of saying it. And so the fact that Jesus actually liberates him from this just by saying that, brings a whole new understanding to those who have a tendency to default towards you're in this position because you did it or somebody else did it. And so uh, the first two things that we mentioned, whereas here he's saying, no, none of that is the case. Uh, it's just the brokenness of the world mm-hmm. is the cause of this. And I've come to set us free from the brokenness of the world. And here's proof. And so uh, it's being set up uh, to bring God glory in the midst of this mm. and, uh, strengthen the message of hope that can be found in, in the kingdom of Jesus. So um, I know that's a lot of different. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, there's just, there's so many categories. Yeah. Even within this little one. Yep. Um, Cause it's like, why is the world fallen? Well, mm-hmm. because we sinned. So then in some degree, did I contribute to it? Sure. Yes. But w- what we're distinguishing is direct correlation right, right between. On. Yep action and consequence mm-hmm. or action and suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this man, it was neither. Yep. And sometimes that's the case for us. Yeah. Uh, sometimes certain illnesses pop up in our lives. Um, sometimes, I don't know, like thinking about a car accident. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't a mistake on either person's part and it just happens. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things just happen mm-hmm. and we can't. Uh, and these are almost ones like, these are the hardest. These are the hardest yeah. because when it's me, yeah, I can. hopefully I get it. <laughs> yeah, right. We when pray. it's somebody yeah. else, they're the target of my anger. Right, right on. When it's this one, who's the target exactly. of my anger? Exactly. God. Exactly. Yep. And so, um, I think of Brad Hambrick's book. It, it's like it says angry <clears throat> yeah. at God, right. and then the at is crossed out, and it says with God. Yep. Uh, because God is God experiences anger too, and so but. In this context, it's like my anger gets projected at him mm-hmm. because there's no other viable person to project it at mm-hmm. because it just happened because we live in a fallen world. And mm-hmm. so maybe do I want to unpack that just a little bit? What? Yeah, we can. And I want to be real clear, too, with this is that Psalm 88 and some other Psalms and other passages really speak into this. And the fact that they asked Jesus this tells us that we're allowed to ask it as well. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a temptation to shame others if they can't grasp this or can't come to gra- grips with the fact that bad things just happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we've, especially the church, really, we're scared of this question yep. because we there is no easy answer, you know? And so I want to just encourage people to understand that this question is acceptable to ask. Yep, absolutely. That, that's where I'm at right now. Well, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Um, same. We have too long been scared to ask questions that, the people of God have asked for and been given the invitation from God himself mm-hmm. to ask for thousands of years. 
I mean, what would happen to some of the things in our lives that we don't want to address? Mm -hmm. Some of the things that go on in our own hearts and minds that we've left buried for years. Mm -hmm. What would happen to our lives spiritually if we did drag those into the presence of God Mm -hmm. and ask him? I mean, there's not really any question we shouldn't ask him. Um, There's no question that's too big for his shoulders in some way or a question that he cannot handle or a question that's going to make him punish you for asking. Like, God would much rather us allow him to touch the parts of our hearts we don't want him to than mm-hmm. for us to hide from him forever. Yeah. Yeah, and I th- absolutely. And I th- the narratives throughout the scriptures reinforce all that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that God lets Psalm 88 be in the word and Peter doubting and, and just the sinful things that occur in there, um, the reason we can read them and hear the narratives is because God does want invite us in to ask him these hard questions. And by the way, I think that, that when you wrestle with these, you are forming your view of yourself and God as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's really critical that you do ask these questions. And some people are just naturally born with just this faith and belief, and others have to really work it out of themselves. And mm-hmm. I, that's fine. You know, let's let's have those wrestling matches with God. Job did it. Right. You know, there's a number of narratives that, that are where God is directly wrestling with Jacob about, you know, his view of God and self and consequence and why is this happening? And, you know, it's a, just an awesome picture of, of God's grace and mercy bestowed upon us while we're asking these questions. Right. So, yeah. Right. Any closing thoughts? We need to wrap this up. If we, we do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so we covered like the three main categories. Yes. Yep. Um, it's, we don't intend this for be exhaustive, but I guess summarizing yes. of what we see within the biblical narrative, uh, there are certainly more, um, direct categories and more, um, yeah, I guess that, that, that would work to say it that way. More direct categories, but we just mean these three to kind of be summarizing of what we see, um, and the way we kind of view things. So, um, God is at work in our suffering Mm -hmm. and I'm excited to get into more of those conversations (laughs) as we go along. Me too. Yeah. So, yep, this is just a a quick intro to these areas of suffering and we hope that you join us on the coming weeks as we unpack some specifics about them. Uh, Once again, we're going to be talking about praying to God. How do we respond during suffering? Who do we turn to? Who is God in our suffering? Because that's a big question. Um, And then also understanding that uh, God has suffered and suffers along with us as well. And then we'd love to hear from you. Like if there's specific situations or scenarios in the Bible you've wrestled with, uh, we may not be able to give you the full answer, but we will do our best to maybe give you some answers and to give you a place to look. So join us in the upcoming podcast. If you have any ideas, you can uh, email us at what is our Gmail account? It's been quite a while since I've said it. Podcastseekfirst at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know. Let us know if you have any questions or thoughts. So thanks for listening. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings.